Wherever you are on your leadership voyage, it starts here. Welcome to Leadership Voyage, another episode of the podcast dedicated to your pursuit of becoming a great leader. My name is Jason Wick. I'm really excited to be here for the third episode of the first season, and my guest in this episode is Dr. Douglas T. Owens. Doug Owens is the F. Ludwig Dean Endowed Chair of Instrumental Music Education, the Graduate Program Director, and a past chairperson of the Old Dominion University School of Music in Norfolk, Virginia. He's previously served as a professor at UMass Dartmouth and University of Southern Maine. Before that, he was an elementary, middle, and high school uh, music teacher. Not only has Doug Owens had a, an illustrious career as a music educator, but he also has served as a guest conductor, clinician, and adjudicator. He's published research in the Medical Problems of Performing Artists, National Band Association Journal, and The Instrumentalist. As a performer, he's played in the Portland Maine Jazz Orchestra and the Virginia Wind Symphony. I think you're going to get a lot out of this discussion with Doug Owens, as he is the consummate, selfless mentor. And in this conversation, we learn a lot about being a strong mentor, listening in that context, and also about finding balance in your own life when mentorship is a passion. Season 1, Episode 3 of Leadership Voyage. I'm here with Doug Owens. Doug, I really appreciate you taking some time today to, to meet up. We haven't spoken. We just were talking offline before the recording. At least 20 years since we've spoken last, but welcome. Thanks for coming today. Appreciate that. Thank you, Jason. It's great to uh, talk again ahead of time, and, and um, it's certainly a pleasure to, to learn about what you've been up to, and, and, and thank you for, for involving me. As someone with a music degree, a music background, and working in the music technology space, you know, Doug, you've been a strong influence on my music development, and I'm really happy and excited to have you here for this discussion. I always thought of you as a strong lead-by-example uh, teacher, and so I'd like to touch on some of that stuff today, but before we we do all of that, uh, 40 years almost of of professional stuff here, so I'm just going to tick off these boxes. We've got bachelor's and master's of music from University of Colorado Boulder. Uh, I've been a band director and director of bands for elementary, middle, and high school uh, in Los Angeles, southeastern, southeastern Wisconsin, excuse me. Freelance trumpeter in chamber music, theater, jazz, and so on. A doctoral degree in music from University of Northern Colorado. Lead trumpet in the highly touted University of Northern Colorado Jazz Band, and since then, Associate Professor of Music at Southern Maine, conference speaker all over the place, Department of Music Chair at UMass Dartmouth, where you taught African-American music history, jazz. You're a published researcher, Associate Professor of Music currently at Old Dominion. I don't know, it just could go on and on. I am curious, from someone who I perceive as, as humble, when you read all of these, when I read all of these things, what's your reaction to all that? Uh, if I'm honest, the first reaction is it's time to retire. 
Um, <laughs> but then I, but then I think you know that the work isn't done yet. You know, honestly, mm-hmm. um, I'm still passionate about working with students um, and and sending them off on a journey of uh, teaching and learning. And yeah, it's it's certainly it's cliche, but it is that lifelong uh, journey. And and that's that's what I think about with with that you know reading that because yeah we, we were, I was teaching in Wisconsin you know years ago and decided to go back to school to get that concentrated learning again. Um, there were many surprises along that journey in in terms of you know going to UNC figuring okay I'll work on my you know my combo playing improvisation and whatnot and finding out oh we need a lead trumpet player mm. and and thinking okay yeah I'm almost 40 years old you sure you want this lead trumpet player <laughs> but you know it was some of the best experience that that I could have thought of being able to uh, you know see uh, that level of musicianship and, and being involved and being challenged um, to, to mm. play better, you know, and to just, just yeah. you know, put more time in it. But also, you know, thinking about the, the other activities since, um, you know, teaching at the university. Um, I, I've never have really compared it to teaching in high school, middle school, elementary, except for the fact that uh, that you're just working with somewhat different goals in mind. Um, here, passionate about sending people out so they can teach music, or working with them at a graduate level so they can do the same, or you know work with the field, you know just those challenges of uh, uh, making sure my writing is up to speed and you know that mm-hmm. continual uh, research uh, areas that that I have, you know I was department chair here for a year also, but um, honestly the stress of that job. Really, I, after a year, I just said I, I need to go back to teaching, and I have a less of a uh, of a um, administrative role now, directing the grad program. But yeah, I mean, a lot of time, um, a lot of work. When you think that your work can contribute to, you know, the bigger picture, mm. um, then then you know you you really get some some energy behind that. Working yeah. with grad students now they're always surprised when I tell them, okay, you're finished with your thesis. Now you need to present this at whatever conference, you know, because Ah, now you've, you've got that background and that experience that you can share with others. And that's what this is about. If I'm hearing you correctly, you know, at the core purpose is to enable these students to enable more students and share with the community, as you're saying, kind of this cyclical thing, right? I'm curious, you talked about your your hand in a lot of pots or however you want to, you know, analogize that. When you found the stress from the administrative duties, did you find it taking away from the core purpose of what you were trying to do? Or, or how would you characterize that, that situation? Kind of curious. Well, if I... If I characterize the stress specifically, um, I, I had had some health issues, you know, um, related to stress, and um, there was that. But also, you know, there's there's a lot of internal um, challenges at any university in terms of budget, in terms of uh, facilities, in terms of assigning uh, teacher loads, you know, um, and all of that just seemed very distant from where I was. Um, previously. 
and it was just, you know, you, you go to sleep thinking about the job, you wake up thinking about the job, and it just, for me, did teach me to, um, to stop taking the work home. <laughs> Trying to fit work into the sphere of work is, is, is always kind of that goal for me. And again, extending that to the students, um, you know, for instance, a new teacher, you, you try to impress upon them that you, you can't do everything at once. You know, mm-hmm. you may have your vision of where you want this to be, your program to be, um, but chop it up into small pieces and, and mm-hmm. be happy with the, 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 the little victories that you have on occasion and, and see the joy in your students and what, they, what, what they're able to accomplish. One of the reasons I mention it's time to retire is because I'm, you know, I'm a bit out of touch in terms of that everyday person in the classroom now. Yes, I go out, I observe, um, I work with bands, I do all states, but that's that's not everyday teaching. It is time for someone else to come in and take on some of the roles. I've got about five years, so it's 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 all good. I appreciate you you sharing all that, Doug. That's. That's really interesting thinking about all the different directions uh, you could be pulled, uh, thinking about the learning and, and the, uh, the lifelong pursuit and uh, biting off what you're able to chew, you know, uh, achieving and moving in the right direction with something that's hopefully sustainable, realistic and all of that. One thing I started thinking about when you said, yeah, I think it's getting close to time to pass the torch, right? Which I actually find a very humble comment to hear someone say about themselves. We haven't worked or seen each other for a long time, but the, the snapshot in my mind still characterizes you as, as someone who is extremely competent and extremely humble. How did you come to value humility? I don't know that it was a, a conscious effort. I, I had some, some good teachers that modeled that for me. And my parents also, of course. When I started teaching, you know, my first job was in California. It was challenging. Uh, I ended up leaving after nine weeks, you know, because of the challenges. But uh, that, probably one of those moments where, wow, I am now working for Peter Norton Computing and Pier 1 Imports, not doing what I set out to do. Will I ever do this again? So move to move to Wisconsin and to Wauwatosa and, and think, wow, I'm very thankful to have another opportunity to to teach. And probably that's when the, the humility piece started to kick in. When I when I think of teaching in general, um, teaching music specifically, you know, we it's very easy to get off into um, the land of competitions and mm. uh, festivals and having that as, as the goal. But honestly, being able to um, allow the students to experience, you know, these things, you know, musical experiences, life experiences, whatnot, um, uh, is to me the most important thing. After this, there's a, uh, our bass players coming in. What will happen in that is, you know, we'll, he'll be teaching me literally what he does and I'll observe, but then I'll share a little bit of the, you know, the styles and and the approaches that I hear and that uh, what other musicians have done over time, you know, rather than stepping into rehearsal and saying, give me that, I'll play it and you can do this. I'd rather do that behind the scenes and let's, let's have a, a, 
not, I won't call it a lesson because I'm not, that's not where the relationship here, an opportunity to, uh, to brainstorm. That's what it is. Hopefully he'll, he'll leave with, with some more experience. I mean, there's a piano behind me. So I'll sit and play at that a little bit too, you know, as examples. But all that to say that uh, uh, it's almost as if we have to um, remind students that it's okay uh, in the classroom environment, especially music, to, to practice, you know, yeah. and, and to experiment. And yes, yeah, sometimes it's going to be not what you want it to be. You may not meet, reach your goals immediately, but keep trying and let's try it a different way. You know, if, if you had my philosophy in front of you, you would see on there somewhere that it's doing, doing the best you can for, for your students. For those listening who maybe aren't musical, there is a tremendous metaphor still, I think, in so much of what you're talking about. I mean, just the core idea alone of having the courage to put yourself in the slightly uncomfortable situation that's pushing you to get better and try something and finding a safe place to do that. I mean, that transcends so much, so many things. One thing that I, I'm just uh, really in awe of listening to you talk about is, you know, you have to have this drive, it seems, to humble yourself too. I, I guess I'm trying to say this right. You want to be better, so you have to put yourself in situations where you're going to be pushed and not seem very good all the time, which is ironic in a way, right? Now, you're talking about, I mean, you went back to graduate school when you were 40-ish, you know, that you have a, a you already had an established career and path you could have prospered some from financially or however you want to think about that, right? Sure. You, you stop the whole thing. Um and even now, 20-some years later, you're, you're playing the, the bass when it's your 50th instrument at this point. Um, and and you're, you're, you're meeting with students, and you're, if I'm hearing you right, you're mentoring each other, kind of. You, know, you called it brainstorming, but like you're actually learning from each other. Oh, absolutely. And, and what, what that gets me to is, how do you define a mentor? Because I heard so much mentorship in these different scenarios you talk about. And I think it's kind of interesting to acknowledge it's not necessarily a one-way street that we can find this in all kinds of – can my kids mentor me on Pokemon? Yeah, they could, right? I mean, so, you know, what, how do you define mentorship or what makes a mentor? I mean, I, I would define it as somebody that is uh, willing to – you know, to, to, to share and, and to give time uh, to others um, without that challenge of ego. You know, this, this isn't about, you know, the, the next award or the next trophy, you know, uh, but it is, it is about um, helping someone out uh, to a certain level. Uh, you're right. It can be a two-way street. It, it could also be something that's that's not limited to age. You know, it's not always somebody that's older mentoring somebody that's younger. I learned, <laughs> and I tell them this. I learn from my students on a regular basis. You know, the the students will surprise you at the at the most opportune moments or the least opportune, I guess, either way. And, and um, 
so the, the mentoring piece, uh, I, I always think to myself, if I haven't learned something from uh, a teaching situation, then I haven't set it up in a way for learning. And, and um, you know, because to me it's teaching and learning. And that's, mm. that's kind of a two-way thing. Out of the musical context, um, you know, making time uh, for others, um, being open to other ideas, I think is is huge, um, and hearing them, and and not you know really really taking time to listen to uh, the concerns or the approaches or what whatever it is, um, and being willing to maybe even in, put those into action and and, and give it a try, and all of that not knowing not necessarily knowing the outcome. <laughs> You're giving us a good recipe, I suppose, you know, what do you think it takes to be a good mentor? You're talking about making the time for others, right? I mean, you're, you're talking about separating, wanting to share from ego. So making the time for others, being open and listening. And it, again, it sounds like this, this cyclical type of thing. You're not the first, I mean, I've only, you're only the third, third, third podcast interview <laughs> right. I've done, but you're not the first one to talk about the cyclical relationship between a teacher and a student sure. and how a good teacher is a student or maybe a good mentor here is a good student. Now, what if, if for someone who, who thinks they want to influence others, and, you know, what do you have to do to set an effective foundation to be a, a good mentor? Well, the foundation is partially the knowledge, you know. Okay. I think that's part of it, but I also think part of that uh, sharing of information is also listening. Um, if you you know, and this isn't always a student teacher type of type of setup, but if if you know, take some time to get to know that person or those persons that you're working with. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if you're presenting at a conference, well, okay, those folks came to you willingly. Uh, they yeah. they they connected through the topic. Maybe they, they know the person that's speaking, but then being able to save that space wherever it is in your presentation to hear concerns or challenges or whatnot that they may be having, I, I think helps to help that, that mentoring relationship. Um, I think also, I think of some long-term situations uh, years ago um, in mentoring new teachers, you know, it was... It was I always approach it from the standpoint of, tell me about your situation. Tell me about your, uh, what, what's happening and um, what what some of your goals are. You know, so you can have a better sense of. I, I hesitate to say problem solving, because yeah, it's yeah. not always a problem. Um, there just may be a different way, a different path, mm-hmm. and I, I think most of all is to will to be willing to not necessarily be that person that has the right answer, but has some answers that might help them to develop their own thought processes and directions. Yeah. Something I I learned a few years ago, this is a little semantic, but, you know, mentorship I saw technically defined as, you know, someone who will share their experience to help someone else. And coaching is about asking questions of someone to draw the answers out of them. And and it's really interesting to think about maybe what there's brainstorming, there's coaching, there's mentoring, and just kind of this awareness of like, okay, 
you're setting a foundation for yourself as a mentor. You're learning your craft. You're, you've got the right mindset. You want to help others. But then you're also taking whatever philosophy you have. And it's not as much about your philosophy. It's about catering it to the person in their situation, right? Right. Absolutely. Uh, being, being aware, um, sensitive, if you will, enough to, to understand or maybe even ask the question, what is the situation? What, what is, is uh, what's happening? And of course, in any situation, there's boundaries. Um, yeah. You know, oftentimes, um, you know, especially as a teacher, you have to know when, okay, the, the student may need to go see a professional in sure. another area or whatnot. So you have to know those boundaries. At times, you know, you recognize it's kind of like when when you're when you're stepping off the podium for a minute and, and uh, realizing that okay, they, they they've got this, they understand. The band sounds great. Um, it, I think it's the same way with any type of mentoring situation. Uh, otherwise, it's just kind of top down. Um, you know, I don't want to be that person that just says do it this way because I said so. Um, I never excelled in college uh, on multiple choice tests because I, I just didn't. That wasn't me. But I, I, I love to write. Um, I love to give my opinion. But also, you know, I'm thinking about the two th- students I have right now. They're working on thesis, master's thesis projects. And there's always a point where they understand their topic enough where it's just like you need to let them go. And let them go and then give some feedback. This sounds great. Can you explain uh, mm-hmm. your direction in this? And even if, you know, there are plenty of times where I may disagree with their approach, but it's like you research this, so you own it now. And this is your your piece. Uh, we have to um, be able to turn off the switch that says, that 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 may say that we want to be in control of everything. We, we can't, we can't control the outcomes, you know, it's not always, not always. Uh, There's always something, uh, again, I'll go back to music performance, you know, we all love a perfect performance, but what is a perfect performance? (laughs) You know, uh, to me, the perfect performance is one that if something happens, you know how to deal with it. Um, And you know how to recover from that situation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, (laughs) there's so many directions in, in terms of mentoring, uh, Oftentimes, I'll pull music ed students out and I'll say, okay, your turn to conduct and run a, run a chart for us. Uh, the last time we did it, uh, the student had, one student had a completely different take. And mm-hmm. the old me years ago, years ago, might have said, no, nope, start over again. Let's, let's try it this way. And this time, I'm just letting them go and letting them do their thing. And it, 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 they had reasonings, reasons for everything that they did. And they were able to get to where I thought they should be in their own way. And that's more, yeah. that's more valuable. Oh, yeah. For the learner. No, no doubt about it. Absolutely. That, there's so much great stuff in this discussion, Doug. And I appreciate it. And I, you know, I think we have to wrap it up here. I got one last question for you. But, I mean, there's just so much to, so much to chew on here. So thank you for, for all these great examples and all these great thoughts. Um, my uh, last question for you, what's something that you learned recently? I, I, I probably will always put the global patience on the top of the list. <laughs> uh, something specific that I've learned. Um, I'm, I'm learning to 
to take some personal time, <laughs> you know, just to 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 enjoy, you know, everything around me, you know, especially with family and whatnot, you know, um, certainly important. I would say in teaching, hearing, especially coming out of the pandemic, hearing people's concerns, you know, maybe even without hearing, maybe anticipating that someone may have challenges without them even bringing it up. You know, a lot of times people just don't speak up in class. Uh, they need a private uh, opportunity to do so. Just so, mm. I wouldn't say that's a, a recent learn, but that it's been reinforced mm. lately. You know, and then musically, for me, <laughs> playing the bass is, is like music theory on steroids. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's all right in front of you. I mean, I've been listening to music all my life, of course, but Apparently, I've been a closet bassist because because I've heard these bass lines and I hear these things and think I can play them. I know I can't, you know, necessarily, but I can certainly try. So, uh, Steely Dan bass parts are no joke. Absolutely amazing. I use that to work on my reading. But then getting into um, uh, Brazilian music, Afro-Cuban music, you know, and thinking of these grooves that exist. Oh my gosh, it's just such a different perspective to think from the perspective of the bass player. Thanks for sharing all those things learned. Um, Dr. Doug Owens, always learning and mentoring at the right time. <laughs> appreciate your time today. Uh, so much great stuff and, and appreciate you coming by. Absolutely, Jason. It's an honor. I, I, I am totally honored that you, you're including me in your podcast. And it's great to, great to talk and get me to think about these things. Uh, I appreciate it. Wherever you are on your leadership voyage, it starts here. 